where you found us. Welcome to the Community Church Oxford podcast. We are so honored that you decided to join us. We hope that if you don't have a church home, that you'll find a church home that is a Bible preaching church. However, if you are just checking us out, we're honored that you would do that. We hope that you're encouraged by God's word today. You're also encouraged by the experience that you have through our podcast. If you want to find out more about us, you can check us out at www.communityoxford.com or check us out on social media via Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. Again, thank you for joining us today at the Community Church Oxford podcast. Hey, so just uh, as a way of reminder, we made a commitment to you this morning that if we did family church, that I would preach preach super fast so that uh, you would not have to endure too much with your own children. Um, and so uh, I'm going to try my hardest to stick to that commitment. And um, if my notes will come up, thank you so much. So this morning, um, we are going to continue to look at the wheel. And um, just a heads up, uh, if you are new to community church, if you're visiting because of the 4th of July, uh, the Navigators put this wheel out um, a long time ago. And uh, Dawson Trotman was actually the, the founder, if I'm not mistaken, of Navigators. And what they realized was Navigators was a ministry for university students. And it was a ministry that was trying to reach young people, but it was trying to remind young people that they had to walk with Jesus daily, okay, and that they had to center their life on Christ. And so this morning, we're going to continue our journey. And so if you just look at it just super quick, it says the obedient Christian in action. So how does an obedient Christian live in action? Well, he or she's life must be centered on the hub of Christ. Do you see that? And then there are four um, spokes, okay, um, and those spokes, um, two of them are vertical. Last week we looked at the word, remember Joshua 1.8, um, it says you must meditate on my word day and night, and so the word, there it is, the book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. So here's reality this morning. We are not teaching this will because we want you to have a prosperous and successful life. We are teaching you this will because we believe that this is a tool that you can build in your life, that you can use this tool in your life personally, but also with the people around you. And as you use this tool, God will use this tool in your life so that you will always keep Christ in the center. And so we have looked at the word. We're going to look at prayer this morning. And so as I think about that, I think about the fact of how powerful prayer is in our life. This morning when I woke up, what I try to do every morning, I opened up my phone. I went to my Bible app. And wouldn't you know that Galatians 5.13 would be the verse? That Galatians 5.13 would be the verse. That's my verse of the day. So listen to what it says. For you were called to freedom. I love how it doesn't just say you were called to freedom, brothers, without that comma after freedom. Do you see that? It says you were called to freedom, comma. Like take a breath, let that soak in. You were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love and serving one another. But through, but through love, serve one another. Paul is talking about freedom in Christ, church. 
However, just a quick thought on this beautiful 4th of July morning here in America. On July 4th, 1776, there was a Declaration of Independence. And some of you go, whoa, fish, where are you going? Just stay in the boat. In that Declaration of Independence, these words were penned. We hold these truths truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that there is an endo- there are, they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. I want to pick out a word there that says unalienable. Listen to what it says, that they are endowed by their creator. First of all, I do believe that this great country was founded on faith. I do believe that men and women of Jesus left a place to try to start a new place so that all men, don't miss that church, all men who were created equal, not skin color, not gender, not race, not anything, but they were created equal. And in whose eyes? The creator's eyes. And every last one of us have been given an unalienable right. I love Google. It might have told me totally wrong. But an unalienable right, I don't know if you know this or not, cannot be taken away from you. An unalienable right cannot be taken away from you. But church, I want to share something with you this morning as we dive in. Okay? As we look at this spoke of prayer this morning even though we have the freedom to pray in this great country. And Jesus has called us to freedom, as Galatians 5, 13 says, as Paul read it to the church of Galatia. We are free in this great country with rights. And church, I don't know if you know this or not, we have a right to pray publicly and privately. Do you realize that there are brothers and sisters of ours all around the world this morning, if they are caught praying in the name of Jesus, not only will they go to prison, but most likely they will be killed. But in America, we have this freedom that's been given to us by our government, by our forefathers, by our constitution, by this Declaration of Independence. And church, I want to ask you a question this morning. How are you doing with that freedom? Because just because we're free to do something does not mean that we always do it. You and I have a right to pray. Listen to what Acts 4.12 says. There is salvation to no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. In case you missed it, that name is Jesus. And there is a reason that our prayers, Christians, followers of Christ, believers in God's word and God's truths, there is a difference that our prayers don't just hit the ceiling tiles and come back down. They don't just hit our, our, our rafters at our house. They don't just hit the shingles and come back down. When we pray in the name of Jesus, something happens. Amen. The reason I think that happens is look at John 15, 7. 
By the way, if you're looking for something to read and you hadn't been in God's word in a while, and as I quoted Joshua 1.8 earlier that says, the book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success, then go read John 15. Because Jesus uses this unbelievable analogy, and, 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 and John captures it, the writer of John captures it, that Jesus is the vine, and we are the branches, and apart from him we can do nothing. But that's a sermon for a different day. But listen to John fifteen seven. He says, if you abide in me, and my words abide in you, Don't miss it, church. If you, this is Jesus saying this, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, just a thought, just a thought, how is his words going to abide in you? You better be meditating on it day and night. You better circle your life around the hub of Christ and your first spoke has to be God's word. Your life has to be built on the foundation of God's word. Amen. Amen. I love how my buddy Paul Washer and Steve Shadrach in in their book called The Fuel and the Flame, Ignite Your Life and Your Campus for Jesus Christ. By the way, I give credit to this every week because this happens to be where we are and where Sean and I'll be for several weeks. Why? Because if somebody already knows how to say something the right way, why would we try to recreate the way of saying it? And I teased you with this last week that we're here. If the Bible is how God talks to us, if you believe that this morning, will you say amen? Amen. If the Bible is how God talks to us, prayer is how we talk to him. If the Bible, that's the first spoke in this wheel, and I don't know if you know this or not, but if the wheel does not have spokes, even if it's centered on the right thing, it will not operate in the way that it was created. But I believe there are many here this morning, I believe there are many watching online, I believe there are many that will listen to this sermon later this week, or revisit this sermon later this week, and they're saying, hey man, my life is centered on Christ, but what's wrong because I don't feel like I got what you're talking about? Well, your first spoke has to be God's living, inerrant word of God. And your second spoke has to be prayer, because if the Word of God is how God speaks to us, and prayer is how we speak to Him, how are we doing with that? Now go back with me to John chapter 15, verse 7. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. But can I share something with you? Just quick analogy. If Jesus is the vine, I know my arm's not a beautiful vine, just stay with me. And we are the branch. We have to stay connected to the vine. If we're out here in la-la land, what's happening? Nothing. That's the reason John 15 says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. God is not a vending machine God. God is not a drive-through God. God is not an Old Navy God. God is not a belt God. God is not a Wally World God. God is not a target God. You don't just go pick something out and say, I want it, therefore I can have it. You have to remain in him. Amen. And I don't know if you get this or not, 
But when God starts putting something in your pastor's life, in your elder's life, in your staff's life, and they actually start living by what they're preaching, it begins to mess you up. <laughs> because I will speak these verses sometimes, but church, there's a whole different thing of living them. Turn with me to Philippians 4. And look at verses 4 through 7. Paul says to the church of Philippi, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Hear this this morning, church. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Just a real quick side note. I got to check my time. Oh, yeah, I'm good. I got nine minutes. Stay with me. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, in prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. I am reading this this week, Sean, and I get to that and it says, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Huck, when I got to thanksgiving, I got to thinking to myself, how many times, Chad, do I pray and I'm not thankful that I've been given access to the Father? Like I'm mad or something. Like, Garrett, I'm upset because I got to pray about this. How dare me, Josh, that I would do that? How dare me to get to that point that, that, Randy, that I would have the opportunity to pray in Jesus' name, but I wouldn't be thankful for that opportunity? Who do I think I am? You know what I am? I'm a spoiled brat. God has given me access to the Father, and I'm not thankful for it. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, in prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And then look at what it says. And the peace of God, whoo, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Some of you say, hey man, I know it's 4th of July. Why don't we got to have family church? Why not? Why don't we got to have a holiday to do it? I don't know if you know this or not. Our next generation team needs a break every once in a while. You love your kids. The Bible commands us to love your kids. Let's just be raw and real sometimes. You don't like your kids. So when you drop them off to us and you don't like them, guess what? We probably don't like them either. <laughs> but we love them because it's a command from God. I walk in the back door this morning. First thing mom says to me, I just need you to know if me and them two get up and leave, it ain't got nothing to do with you. I said, please don't. Like, stay. They need to see this. They need to experience this. But church, can I tell you something? I want to confess my sins before you this morning. You're like, whoa, wait a minute. I need to pray more in front of my kids outside of church than I do in church. I need to worship God more outside the church than I do inside the church. Have you ever noticed the usual reason we go to Philippians 4 is because when it says don't be anxious about nothing, but in prayer and supplications make your request known to God, it's like when we get anxious, that's when we pray. Have you ever thought, just a thought, that if you'd pray before you get anxious, 
maybe you wouldn't be anxious. I'm just saying, I'm just pointing a finger at you with four or five pointing back at me. And so here's what I want you to see. And by the way, I don't know if you noticed this or not. We set you up. Like seriously, we set you up with family church. And we really set ourselves up because of this. We pray at our meals. Praise God. Amen. Everything God's given us, he provided. I think prayer at meals is one of the coolest and most special things in the world. And not only is it a witness to our families, but it's also to a witness to those around us. But we need to pray with our families when we start our day. We need to pray with our families when we end our day. And some of you are going, oh, fish, you're trying to make us be super spiritual. I did not say do it every day. If you can get to that point, praise God. But... We need to model prayer as if prayer actually matters in our lives. Because just a thought, if our kids never, and please hear me, this is not a guilt trip. This is fish saying to you, brother, I ain't been doing it. Beth and I made a commitment early on in our marriage. We're going to pray every night, pray every night, pray every night. I don't know how your life works, but usually when me and that girl get in that king-size bed and our heads hit the pillow, we don't even remember when our head hit the pillow because of how exhausted we are. And very few times do we pray, and usually when we do pray together, we fall asleep during our prayer. (laughs) So I'm not trying to say be super spiritual, but what I am saying is if we don't want certain things in our life, then we got to pray about it. And just a thought, if we're going to be about the next generation and we want them to pray, then the next generation needs to see us pray. Ben, I'm going to go ahead and ask you to come on back up. Some of y'all going, what? Are you serious? It's 942. Are Are you sick? No, I'm just trying to stick to my promise. Go back with me to Galatians 5.13. Misty, Peggy, if y'all don't mind, will y'all go ahead and get the communion pods? Thank y'all. Galatians 5.13. You were called, for you were called to freedom, brothers. You were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. You were called to freedom, brothers. Oh, by the way, for that person in this room that says Scripture is not gender correct, Paul is writing this to the church of Galatia, and there are women up in that church too. For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. Just real quick. How often do we use our freedoms in this great nation that we call America for our flesh. And you might get away with that in America, but when you and I stand before God, you and I will not get away with that. That's why Paul says to Galatia, do not use your freedom, only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but, and y'all love it when I do this, when you see but in scripture, it's a big but, amen? But through love serve one another. If you got a communion pod, great. If you didn't raise your hand, these two beautiful ladies are going to make sure you got it, but you got to raise that hand up high, okay? And as we're passing these out, will you do me a favor, parents? This might be hard for you to hear, but if your children are not believers, taking of this makes no sense. 
but if they see you take it, it will lead to a conversation of why mama and daddy eat the bread and drink the blood. And I forgive me now for the conversation that you get to have at lunch or brunch about the body and the blood. But the reason we celebrate family worship together is that our kids don't need us to talk about worship. They need to experience worship with us. My good friend Francis Chan, and by the way, I've only met him once, and he probably doesn't know who I am, but he's my good friend because I've read a lot of his stuff and listened to a lot of his sermons. He said that when he was the pastor of one of the largest churches in California, he had a sign in front of the auditorium before you came into that sanctuary, and he said, no kids allowed. And he and his family packed up their four or five kids, and they moved to Asia, and they served there for almost three years. And he saw nine and ten-year-olds. Hear me this morning. There's a nine and ten-year-old in this room that doesn't think that their life has value. They don't think that they can be a witness for Christ. But nine and ten-year-olds that could go into other villages and go into other people groups, but mom and dad could not go because they knew that they were believers, but they allowed their kids in there, and their kids began to minister to those kids. And guess what? Those kids began to share Christ with those kids. And guess what? Entire villages came to know Christ because nine and ten-year-olds, we don't create ministry down the hall so that you can get an hour away from uh, Johnny and Susie. We create an opportunity down the hall so that your children can be taught the Word of God. And when we worship together, and oh, by the way, your kids are welcome in here anytime, but our next generation ministry has a purpose. It is to teach your kids the Word of God, and hopefully that you would and encourage that at home. And if you're not encouraging that, maybe your kids might teach you the Word of God. But a freedom comes with a price. If you're an American, your freedom came with a price. Men and women laid down their life so that we could have the freedom to worship in a public school this morning, church. A right that cannot be taken away from us. We can give it up but it can't be taken away from us. On the night before Jesus was betrayed, the night before true freedom was coming, Jesus looked at his disciples and he took the bread and he just simply said, this is the last time I'm going to eat of this meal and this represents my body. And the scripture says he broke it. And he says, this is my body broken for you. And the scripture says he lifted it up to heaven. So Lord, I pray you bless these wafers. And may we be reminded that the bread and the wafer reminds us that this is your body broken for us. And Jesus looked at them and said, eat in remembrance of me. Then the scripture says he took the cup more like a chalice, not a creamer pod. Thank you, COVID. And it says he lifted it up to heaven and he says, this represents my blood, which was shed for you. And he says, Lord, bless this cup. And every time they drink of it, may they do this in remembrance of me. In church, I just want you to get this. For you were called to freedom, brothers. This is freedom. Because his body was broken and every last bit of his blood was poured out for you and me. And he said, take this and drink this in remembrance of me. Drink. I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. Babe, I'm going to ask you to put Matthew 6 up for me. 
And church, here's what we're going to do. We're going to read this together. We're going to pray this together. But we're going to do it with our eyes open. Because that spoke of prayer in your life is started with a model prayer by Jesus. So read it with me, will you? Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. As our time of invitation this morning, I want us to respond with a commitment for our families. If you're single, you can make this commitment for your family. If you're married, you can make this commitment for your family. If you got kids, you can make this commitment for your family. If you're grandma and grandpa, you can make this commitment for your family. We must be a people who pray. Amen. Because brothers, we have been given a freedom. And what we do with that freedom matters. If we'll commit to pray, I promise you God is committed to show out. But he will not show out unless we pray. And here's what the enemy's saying to some of our families right now. Well, I don't know how to pray. Not true. John, I mean, Matthew chapter 6. I don't care if that's the only prayer you pray for the next year as a family. Can you imagine if all a community church prays, Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your will be done, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Can you imagine if we pray that, believing that and expecting that, what God might actually do? Father God, I thank you for this day. Thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your faithfulness. And God, I thank you that you are who you say you are. And God, that you're going to do what you said you would do. Because great are you, Lord. And so this morning, God, I pray that as we worship as families, as we pray as families, God, that we will put you first. And that our yes will be yes and our no will be no. And we'll remain in you and you'll remain in us. And God, you will begin to do great things in us and through us, not for us, but for you. And God, as my buddy Billy Ray that I met in Memphis Redbirds game this week, who was homeless in Memphis, Tennessee, said to me, he said, Fish, you got to get out of the way so that God can get in the way. God, I praise God for Billy Ray. He admitted to me that he was an alcoholic and he said he wanted to quit. God, I pray in Jesus' name that you take Billy Ray McCoy from Shreveport, Louisiana, and you bring healing to his life today. In the name of Jesus. Jesus. God, I pray that families would pray right where they are. But I pray also, God, that families would worship right where they are. In Jesus' name, the the one we want to be like when we grow up. And all God's people said, great is our Lord. Will you sing it with us? My name is Fish Robinson. I'm the lead pastor here at Community Church Oxford. We hope that you enjoyed this episode of the Community Church Oxford podcast. We hope that you'll consider joining us again in the future. Until then, God bless.